Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor O'Gara. It is National Signing Day. We're recording this at four o'clock on Wednesday, and I just have, I got a little message. I know I was fired up at the end of last last podcast. I figured I would just Man. continue on into this one. Um, so for everybody who was hating on February National Signing Day, shame on you. Uh, why? Because you, you were no 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 no. There were people that were saying, oh, there's not even a point to pay attention. Like. There were a lot of people on Twitter this morning that were like, oh, I don't care. Like, this is so stupid, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I told you that we were going to get some gems. And guess what we got? You know some, what we got? We got. On, let, let me guess this right. You, you made a prediction and you saying, you're saying your prediction was right. No. No, 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 no. This, this is bigger than this. This is okay. way bigger than this. You know what we got? We got Lewis Headley. Who's, who's Lewis Headley, you ask? Yeah, who's that? By now, you've probably seen his mugshot. <gasps> oh, or or yeah. rather, you've probably seen his commitment photo. He is the Australian punter that Miami signed. Is that still not ringing a bell to you? That How about dude. this? He's the guy who looks like who he lit up the prison league about 10 years ago he and is yeah. now coming to play football for <laughs> Miami. The single greatest commitment photo th- that I have ever seen is, is on the internet. And we were blessed with that. So everybody that was like, oh, I'm just not going to pay attention to February signing day, you missed that, was, that. And that was yesterday. That was that was that late kid, last night that we that, saw I mean, that, yeah. His IMDb page, he was in one of the Fast and Furious movies. He was in Gangland. The I would Longest assume, Yard. The Longest Yard. That, that picture is, not only does he, like I'm not judging someone's appearance at all because I can't grow a beard, but... You're he's, trying, though. He's, I, I mean, it's, it's a, what do they keep calling you on Facebook Live when I do it? Bless uh, your heart. Little baby trying. beard. <laughs> yep. Little baby beard. So he he looks like he's probably 36 years old. Like, if he doesn't, if Miami doesn't switch their uniforms to dicky pants, he, they're in trouble. Because he's not going to play unless it's in dicky pants and like a OCC Orange County Choppers t-shirt. This guy is already getting the art magazine. They're like, you know what? We, we don't have any idea on you because you just got out of prison. We, yeah. We're just going to give it to you because we feel like you look the part. Right. Um, no, Miami was not the only team that made headlines. There were a lot of other interesting things that came out, some surprises, some flips. <laughs> Did As you just want to throw in Miami first so you could throw more shade at Florida State for not being relevant? Uh, no, I, you know what? I wasn't going to talk about Florida State because I figured I did enough of it last time. Um, but congratulations to Florida State for losing its four-star quarterback commit to Maryland. Um, Connor so hates the Trail of Tears. If you, missed the, if you missed our show on Monday, Connor hates the Trail of Tears. It's basically what we're learning. Yeah, Florida State is now down to one scholarship quarterback on the roster. So He's a good one, though. That. James Blackman? Anyway, we're moving on from Florida State talk. Anyways. We got some anyways. SEC recruiting stuff today. Yes, we have a lot Man. of stuff to get to with National Signing Day. We want to talk about some of the, the big-time um, commitments. I, You know, I, I can make a case that three of the most like high-profile guys, I guess, that we're going to talk about right here, maybe even four probably, were, were surprises. And I think that, you know, these because these are all top 50 guys that, that we're going to talk about, and then we want to get to winners and losers. We're going to break down some of... I thought Bama had a wild day, and we're going to get to that. Just kind of a little bit of a roller coaster, and we, yeah. we thought that that was possible, but um, it was definitely kind of an all-over-the-place day for Alabama, which still is going to finish as the number one class in the country. But Depending on what side. <laughs> Let's preface this also by saying oh, yeah. everything we are talking about is based off of 24-7 sports composite. Not right. rivals, not ESPN, not 24-7's rankings for their own site, but these 24-7 sports composite rankings. So before you start clapping back at us on Twitter, before you say that we gave somebody not enough respect or too much respect or whatever, that's what we're going off of. Great. Open point. your books to page 69. We'll start the class. Nice. George Pickens. So this is this is somebody who we talked about with, with Michael Bratton the other day. Yeah. And was a bit of a mystery. A longtime Auburn commit and doesn't doesn't end up signing with, with Auburn uh, back in the early signing period and surprises a lot of people and the Hoover, the five-star receiver from Hoover picks Georgia and immediately the overwhelming reaction to this from Auburn players and fans is, oh my gosh, how much did they pay him? How much did they pay him? We're going to get into that later too. I'm going to do a little Florida State rant style thing about my least favorite things for signing day. But yeah, that was the immediate reaction from Auburn players. Yeah, so uh, defensive lineman Coinus Miller Jr. tweeted out a crying laughing emoji and said, knew this was coming, dot, 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 better stop playing and drop that check, arms crossed emoji, everybody else doing it, person speaking emoji. So, 
take it out for that, what you want. I don't know what that means because I'm not I'm not fluent in Spanish or emojis. However, I think he's insinuating that Georgia cheated. And Auburn uh, wide receiver Anthony Schwartz, who can run like a four one forty, is that the, probably not apparently? Yeah. Uh, he's like a world class sprinter. Yeah. Um, he just tweeted the money bag emoji, so that was kind of straight to the point. Not even a subtweet, just a money bag emoji. Just to throw this out there, Auburn players are talking about a different program taking money, taking away Connor. I'm sure nobody brought up, and so I, I tweeted out like, "Oh, live live look at the reaction from Auburn players after this," and I, I like immediately I knew that the people who were gonna hate on Auburn and clap back were gonna say, um, "Y'all remember Cam Newton?" Because Dude. I'm sure that was totally clean. And so the the problem though with this is in, in the reaction is that it's it's a holier uh, art thou mentality. Well, if it sounds holier weird. than thou, whatever yeah, you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. If it's if it sounds weird. Because we talked about Pickens, like you said, on Monday, and it didn't seem like he was really considering Georgia. Nobody was really speak, like really talking about that. And there's a lot Check of... Took the late visit to Tennessee and yeah. then went back to Auburn. And right? a lot of people, like, on his way back, he went through Auburn. And then, you know, I, I talked to one of my buddies this morning, because when I woke up, he was already committed. And I was like, what in the hell? How does Georgia have five five-stars? And I called my buddy Kyle, and uh, shout out Kyle Price, and he was like, ha, ha, ha. That's how he picked up the phone. And he was like, dude, most of our sites said... He'd be George was a third choice. Like they were the bronze medalist in this recruiting for for this kid. But keep in mind, Auburn Cam Newton wasn't considering Auburn with three weeks to go in the recruiting cycle. Just throwing it out there, take it away, Connor. I just don't like the, this like this thing where you, you know you attack a, a, no. like I'm not saying that George is I'm not saying George is not cheating. I'm not saying Georgia is cheating. I'm also not saying Auburn is cheating. I'm not saying Auburn yeah. isn't cheating. It's like everyone. <laughs> But it's so petty. It's so petty. It's, it's so the same petty. thing. It's the same thing as fans tweeting at recruits immediately when it's like, all right, it, unless you are following this guy around and with him every single place that yeah. he goes nonstop, it, it, it comes off. Which a, I've a done. Yeah. No, oh, I know you have. But, but see, like the thing is, like what bothers me about it most is every school has their has their stereotype for like what they do from like what they're given to recruits. The Cam Newton take at Auburn, Bama, it's the Dodge Chargers. Um, Georgia, I remember last year somebody said, and I brought this up on the show, somebody brought up about Georgia that was like, I heard Justin Fields, as soon as he committed, they gave him $100,000 in a bag, duffel bag, dropped it off on his front porch. First off, if you're the number one player in the country, $100,000 is a bargain. So, yeah. like, what it, that's what not it, uh, <laughs> Who's uh, the, um, what's his name from, uh, from Arizona, the guy last year, the, um, number one pick in the draft. Why am I blanking on the, in the NBA draft? That, uh, oh, uh, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. yeah, like he was, what, what was he, like $200,000 or something like that? He flat out said he was like, I don't care where I go. <laughs> he's like, he's yeah. like, I don't care where I go. It was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm sure you're not being chopped around. But no, I mean, that's the thing. Football recruiting, I I know it's not what they're supposed to be doing, and I'm probably going to catch some flack, and I probably shouldn't even say it, but I will anyway. I miss the days of the Wild Wild West stuff and those stories you hear about, like Eric Dickerson at SMU and like Eric Dickerson showing up on signing day and getting a gold Trans Am from Texas A&M. Then it was like, I'm going to SMU, and they were like, What? You're not gonna take the car back? You're not gonna take because he was already committed to A&M. Like, what a power move, dude! I mean, that's I, I, I miss I miss stuff like that. So this this definitely brought uh, brought brought forth a lot of different emotions. I mean, this was the number one skill player who was still left on the board. Yeah. And, you know, the the kind of loss in the shuffle of this, and we were talking about this a little bit the other day, is it's the second straight year in which the number one recruit from the state of Alabama has been a receiver, and he's not going to Alabama. Bama didn't even make the final table for this guy. And this is, you know, obviously everybody knows what happened with Justin Ross, especially how good he was in the playoff. (laughs) And the last thing that Bama fans want to see now is George Pickens lighting it up. I mean, you could kind of pick your poison. Do you want to see him go to Auburn or do you want to see him go to Georgia? And and Bama fans, like, and I know we have a lot of of Georgia listeners that clap back at me constantly on Twitter, okay, that that think that I'm, like, constantly talking about Bama. Bama fans, you, like, don't be that, that, like stereotypical fan, it's like we don't need him anyway. We already got best chief in the country. No, this kid is a phenomenal athlete. You definitely wish you could have got him. And tip of the cap to Georgia for going into the state of Alabama and taking the top one and two players in the state. The That's the number sure. one and two. There were three five stars in the state of Alabama this year. Not a single one of them went to Bama, and really weren't considering that much. It doesn't really seem like the borders are really there in no. in, in the SEC these days. Like it just doesn't. <laughs> if you look at you know, we'll get to it later. Um, you know what Tennessee was able to do. You know, with Jeremy Pruitt and some of the some of the talent that he's being able to, to bring in. I mean, coast to coast within a half hour. I mean, pulling off what he did, getting 
Henry Tiotooto from California and also getting <laughs> Darnell Wright from yeah I'm I'm mispronouncing that we're just always no I think it's right that. Uh, Henry T we're just gonna call him Hank from now on yeah. how about that <laughs> Tua gets Tua gets first name treatment how about uh, Henry Tiotooto yeah. just as Hank um, so but what I think. You, what I think you would look at with, with somebody like George Pickens, we're expecting him to, to be able to emerge right away. And we look more at these skill players. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. So another skill player that we were, I was fascinated by this storyline. I'm still fascinated because this thing is far from over. Jerrion Ely. Jerrion. Jerrion? We're never going to get these right. I don't know why you do this. I know. I, I, I love so how hard. also the, like the Saquon Barkley thing you've said for a year, you're, like, you're going to get his name right someday. But then like, it's Jerrion. Say it like that. Also, yeah. but real, real quick shout out to like the two Tonga Bailoa thing. Henry Tioto Oto. I love that his first name's Henry. <laughs> his last, That's a his great last name has name. two apostrophes. His first name was Hey, it's, it's my name's Henry. Yeah. Uh, so Ely is is ends up committing to Ole Miss, and I think I mean that surprised me at least. I mean, yeah. I think given the way that that Clemson seemed to be trending in the right direction, Clemson gets him. Uh, on campus and as Michael was talking about the other day when he came on you know he's tweeting all this support for Clemson uh, in the national championship game and then still ends up going back to Ole Miss and I I thought it was interesting too so I was listening to what he was going to say in the interview that he was doing with uh, Matt Schick on uh, ESPNU or I think it was ESPN2 at the time and uh, he said like that his heart was still with baseball but you know obviously he loves football and this is going to come down to a how high he goes in the draft and B, what in the world can Matt Luke do in the next four months to make this kid say, yeah, you should definitely come and play football and baseball, which he would get to do. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss used to not, Miss. They used to not offer that. So when David Cutcliffe was there, it was like a little peel behind the engine. When I was at Parkview High School um, in the early 2000s, Jeff Rancor, number six uh, overall baseball player in the country and a four-star defensive back, he was a lifelong Ole Miss fan, wanted to go to Ole Miss his whole life and went to his visit, and uh, David Cutcliffe said no. He would not be allowed to play baseball. And he was like, I don't think you get it, Coach. Like, I'm better at that sport. <laughs> so he ended up going to Clemson and committing there. Obviously, he ended up playing for the Braves. But the thing with Ely, it's a lot of people have discounted that this is a big pickup for Ole Miss, and I think that's dumb. And the reason why is this. Not just because of the fact that Clemson was an 85% crystal ball prediction or whatever, like yesterday, but because – one thing that Matt Luke has started preaching is this whole their mantra for like recruiting is Mississippi made. They're getting these players that are Mississippi made and trying to like, you know keep the best in-state talent at home in-state. And for him to be able to get a kid that is, as Ely put it himself, he has been projected as a top twenty overall pick in the Major League yep. Baseball draft. It's it's still a huge. He's most likely, from what we know of right now, as of today in February February sixth, it's most likely he's going to get drafted and not turn down that money and go play football. However, for, for Matt Luke to be able to still get a guy like that in this recruiting class oh, as a amazing. part of his like first real recruiting class where there's no recruiting restrictions or sanctions or anything like that, it's a huge get for him. And I think it says a lot about what he's been able to do at the program and for the program already. Spoiler alert, Ole Miss is one of our winners. Uh, we'll, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more just in depth about kind of what they day. did from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, definitely a, a winner of the day. But he's somebody that... You know, I, th- I think the case to be made for playing baseball as opposed to playing football, with Kyler Murray, it was almost a foregone conclusion that when he got drafted, it was like, okay, he's going to play baseball. Yeah. But then he has this, this this football season that's so much fun where he gets to win the Heisman Trophy and they put up a billion points. Yeah. And you have those games and it's kind of like in the heat of the moment, you're like, I just want to play more football games. And the difference with, with Ely is going to be, well, you're not going to get that exposure before you're going to have to make this decision. Right. And that's, that's the tougher thing, and that's why it's going to be a little bit of a tougher sell to him to say, you know what, you should come and just, just experience this for, yeah. <laughs> for all that it is and just kind of enjoy being this, you know, this rare, this rare breed of, of a special athlete that we're, that we're going to hopefully get to see play football, but we'll kind of wait and see. Yeah, and it's, it's cool. Like, it's, it's weird to say because it's like minor league baseball sucks. Oh, it's, <laughs> like it's yeah. Like Kyler Murray is a little bit more of a grown man, and Kyler Murray has – you know, he's 21. Like, he's going to have a easier road to get to the major leagues with the A's. And I'm not saying Ely's not as talented or anything like that, but, like, you're 18. Going to travel around in minor league baseball is not going to be as fun as the Grove. I'm just going to throw that out there. Not saying you should do either. Or I'm just I'm just saying when you compare those two apples and oranges. You know he's not going to get the tailgate before his own game. You don't know that. <laughs> you don't know what these people are promising. You got people out. What do you think Tennessee's promised these kids out of California, man? Come on now. Sipping a nice pickle martini every <laughs> night. That's what I'm talking about. 
That'll be the selling point. Just stick a stick a pickle mar- martini There's in front of him. Every like, commit hey. would go to somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyir Elam, uh, a guy that we talked about, um, you know, as being involved in this tug of war between Florida and Georgia. He might he had the troll of the day at least among SEC commits, and he pulls out the Georgia hat and then pulls out the Florida hat after that, and then he he chomps and he commits to Florida, and this this was entertaining from that standpoint because i was like whoa when he flipped out the georgia yeah. hat because if you if you look to his left and the left and the right and see that his parents are dressed in all black so they weren't giving anything away yeah. with the colors that they were wearing i'm like oh maybe you know because he whips out the black georgia hat and you're like okay that that makes sense but florida i think this this guy immediately becomes florida fans favorite player I think that's fair to say. Dude, Florida Twitter and Georgia Twitter is Ooh. is my... I, I posted this a couple weeks ago on, on SDS's Twitter. And it was like, what are you looking forward to most this weekend? Senior Bowl, Kentucky basketball, Tennessee, or whatever it was, like basketball games. And it was like Georgia, Florida Twitter. They, they man, it's, it's fun watching these two go back and forth. It, yeah, Charlton, man. Charlton Warren, the that whole thing where, where Kirby Smart hires him away from Florida and just kind of got this ball rolling... Um, it's just added to this this rivalry. I mean, the right. Florida Georgia rivalry, Georgia Florida rivalry. I love that it's back. Call it. It's, it, mm-hmm. it is so back, and in little moments like this are going to be, you know, we'll, we'll get good reminders yeah. of this. And if you know, this is somebody who, you know, is, is obviously talented, and, and if you look at what the secondary is, has really had to replace the last two years. Yeah. there's a path for playing time at Florida, no doubt about it. Am, so. am I crazy to think this too? Is that like, like this? These two hate each other so much. Like they hate each other. But and it's it's a fierce rivalry, but at the same time, is it ever close? Like I don't remember. Like I remember the 2012 game was like a super close game where what's his name uh, fumbled going in the end zone. But like, and there's been other close games I can think of in like my, my lifetime. But it just seems like a lot of times it's like <laughs> like Florida drubs them in the 90s. Now Georgia's you know killing them by like almost three touchdowns the past two years. I I, I whatever. It, I mean, it's fun to watch. It's definitely fun to watch. But somebody brought this up yesterday. And I think it was Chris Doring, and he was talking about on on the show you were on, SEC Very this nice. morning uh, on SiriusXM. So he brought up the fact that you know, with all these coaches being able to move from like from place to place and school to school, he thinks that one of the things it's done for those kind of schools, it's great for them to you know progress their careers, but it's kind of taken away a little bit of their credibility with these recruits because it's like, how do you recruit me to someplace like Florida forever? And then all of a sudden you go put on you know you get hired at Georgia, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, you need to come to Georgia. So, and I think that might have backfired with with a kid like Elam. It, it definitely could have, and there was a lot of people skeptical about the fact that Kirby Smart apparently paid Charlton Warren a, a pretty nice little penny. I don't remember yeah. what the, if the if the numbers on that deal have been reported yet, but it was just, when it came out, it was like, oh wow, that's yeah. that's a whole lot of money to pay a defensive backs coach. But um, ultimately, Florida wins out, and Florida, you know, we're going to get to this in the in the winners and losers. You know what? Let's just get to it right now. Florida is a winner. Florida, I think. We were criticizing as a program, Florida. not a state. <laughs> Don't hate on my state. Florida was a team that, going into the early signing period, we kept talking about. Man, Dan Mullen is not having the success in state. He's not really, he's not really taking advantage of this prime opportunity where Miami's down, Florida State's down. Yeah, he's not really hitting these home runs they needs to be hitting, and too many other teams are coming into the state and winning these battles. And he finishes really, really strong. I mean, yeah. you get. You get not only do you get Elam, but you also get Chris Bogle to flip from Alabama, and Florida's sitting there with a top ten class all of a sudden because Dan Mullen kept his, his his nose to the ground and kept working to get some of those big time Florida commits, and that's what he's been able to do. Now, is Florida recruiting on the same level as Georgia? No, because no. Florida has is Florida going into this this upcoming season. I can't remember who threw out the stat, but. They're going to have zero five-star recruits yeah. on the roster, which I don't think that's happened to Florida in a very long time. But at the same time, Florida fans right now, you got to be feeling really, really good about the job that Dan Mullen has done in his first full cycle as a closer more specifically and that he was able to win some of these key battles down the stretch. Well, and one of the things we talked about in December when they had early signing day um, or first signing day in a deep early, early signing period. Sure, whatever. So one of the things we talked about then was, and I brought this up, how it was a little bit worrisome that Mullen was – He's always been great at being able to maximize the talent he brought in at Mississippi State. Um, however, when, like you said, when you can't take advantage of what the other two premier programs of the state are, are down, and you can't get these like these top recruits because everyone was coming into the state of Florida just rating them. And now, to be fair, the number one player in the state of Florida hasn't signed with Florida since 2013. 
So gosh, that's weird. Isn't that crazy? So and you talk about this year, like obviously Nolan Smith from IMG, he goes to Georgia. But I, I think in December they didn't have a single player. They had one in the top twenty, and it was Zipper, the kid from Lakeland. Well, so, part of that too is the is the IMG thing, though. I mean, IMG has well, exploded okay, since, but they didn't have a, since 2014. Yeah, but they also what I'm saying is like if you look at the overall state, like this is a state that has that 45 four stars or, or higher more than any other state in the country, and for them not to have or their highest ranked player be ranked 15th out of that, that's not good. So no, the, it's not. you get the flip from Bogle. He's a, he's one of the top 10 players in the state, and then you obviously get Elam, who's the seventh ranked player in the state. It it lessens the blow of what other teams were able to come in and kind of like raid your state because, you know, eight of the top ten went somewhere else. That being said, I know that we have an article that's like on STS from one of our buddies, Neil, um, Neil Blackman, about them closing the gap. Part of that's true and part of it's not in terms of the fact that they don't have a single five-star on their roster. But right. the gap, I think, was so much wider when it was under, under McElwain. Exactly. They have been able to close the gap to an extent there. That being said, Georgia is, <laughs> I mean, they are recruiting at a ridiculous pace. Yeah, so let's. Georgia is another winner, and it, it's mainly the Pickens thing. I mean, that's that's kind of what it comes down to. I know Georgia had other battles that it was hoping they know to win, they know how to pick them, huh? Okay, wow. shoot. Dude, how Damn long it. did it take you to think of that? I'm really good at puns, Connor, and rhymes. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, so actually, you are. You know what? I'm going to take that back. You are. You are pretty good at rhymes. And, Thanks, and, and man. I'm glad you like took that. a stand for me on that one. Uh, so. Pickens ends up being the top target that Georgia is able to get. And I think that there's some perspective needed for this because Jaden uh, Jaden Hazelwood was the number one receiver in the country. And he had basically he had dropped his Georgia commit and then he came out and called the Georgia coaching staff fake. And it was yeah. part of this, this, this month that Kirby Smart had where you just start to question like, all right, is Kirby kind of losing some of this, this steam, some of this mojo that he had? And then he responds in a big way by adding the number one skill player on the board and in a in a year in which you're going to lose Riley Ridley, Miko Hardman, Terry Godwin, Isaac Nada and you're going to add, you know, a, another five star and then you, you get uh, what's his name from uh, you get Robertson, the the transfer from Cal like you're making some of these big time moves at at the wide receiver position which Georgia's got a window right now. Georgia's got this window with Jake Fromm. They don't have necessarily the quarterback depth that we thought they were going to have. And you have you, you got to be thinking about this from their perspective of you've got one year, and you it doesn't matter if a guy's a freshman as as we talk about with Justin Ross, if you have the skill players around him, if you have talent around him, you need to be able to maximize on that window. And right now, I think that's kind of the, the emphasis on why Georgia really went so hard to get some of these big time skill players and talent at the, that position because the turnover at that position for them is very significant. No, completely agree. Completely agree. I think the thing with Georgia for me, and I'm going to go ahead and out on a limb here and say this, um, I, I, gosh, I kind of alluded to this the other day, and I said it back in December, and I still stand by it. Bama's going to close with the number one class. I think um, they have like 27 commits and three five-stars and 23 four-stars or whatever. I'm more impressed with what Georgia's able to do with this class than I am with Bama. And I think that Georgia signed the most impressive class in the country for the second year in a row. And I, don't, I mean, I know what the rankings will say, um, but I, I still think that Georgia signed a more impressive class. And the reason why is they were able to address more needs and they were able to do so at a very elite level. And which, if you look at what they were able to do around the country, um, it was just incredible to watch. They signed the number one overall high school player in the state or the country, the number one overall junior college player in the country, both on the D-line, which addressed the immediate need. And then they went out and signed five more five stars and the number one player in the state of four different states, not their own, but they were able to reach out into Florida, into Alabama, into Mississippi, and Rhode Island for some reason. Um, it was really impressive to watch what Curry was able to do in a year that was kind of odd in the state of Georgia um, and not as strong, especially on the defensive line. So it didn't really matter that, like, that, like you said, like there weren't as many borders up around that state. And just for a little reminder, I, I think it's great to bring up all that. And you, you make a lot of great points. And I, I think that there's definitely something to be said for this. Just for the winners and losers conversation that we're having today, and like what, what I broke this down by is just for what we found out on Wednesday. Or, <coughs> yeah. I mean, if you even wanted to go, you know, like this week, mm -hmm. I guess you could chalk it up to that as well. So, George is definitely a winner for Wednesday and a winner for the entire yeah. class as a whole. Again, looking like George is going to finish. I just think Wednesday the, the solidified that. Wednesday definitely solidified that. A absolutely getting getting somebody like Pickens. Ole Miss was one of my losers in the early signing period. What a fickle, fickle man you are. 
No, 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 no. Wednesday, Ole Miss was a winner. Yep. No doubt about it. Getting Ely was absolutely huge. Keeping Jonathan Mingo, I think, was kind of – we didn't really – I don't know if we talked we about didn't. him the other day, but somebody that was maybe going to flip to Mississippi State and ends up – you know, a, a four-star receiver who ends up sticking with his Ole Miss commitments. And, oh, by the way, you get to move past Mississippi State in those national rankings. And, yeah, is that going to – you know, three years from now, are we going to remember that? No, but just in terms of what it means for the day and yeah. how they were able to respond after getting whipped in the Egg Bowl, that's significant for Matt Luke. And also – we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but four-star Georgia quarterback commit John Reese Plumley, who we had expected was going to be decommitting because <laughs> John Georgia Reese. had already. Yeah, so that's two kids they have. I'm sorry, the two kids that they have committed are the most old Miss Vineyard Vine sounding names ever. Go ahead. If your name was John Reese, you would leave the middle name in there, and you know it. John Reese R H Y S. Ooh, or maybe go by JR. That's kind of cool. Right? That's that's not. It would have been in like 1984, but yeah. I mean, John John Riss. Hater. Um, he, he ends up committing to Ole Miss. And all of a sudden, that quarterback room is wild because I, I'm blanking on the name of the of the kid that they signed in the early signing period from Texas. I think Tisdale is his name. But mm-hmm. he was originally going to commit to Ohio State, and then he ends up going to, to Ole Miss. So now they have – oh, and then they had uh, – um, what was it? Kincaid Dent? Yes, I think is the Kincaid name. Dent. So they have three quarterbacks in their incoming class. And, oh, by the way, Matt Corral. Um, Pretty good. He's, he's still got four years of eligibility left. I mean, he's so. also inevitably going to get suspended from the SEC for fighting and punching people in the helmet. But, yes, that's fine. I mean, like, that's you got some backup plans out. Kincaid Dent. I, I, I used, actually, his law firm helped me get out of DUI once, so it's fine. That's a joke, guys. Never had a DUI. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> so Ole Miss, you know, I, I came in with pretty low expectations for Ole Miss on yeah. the day. and was just kind of wondering, like, how this was all going to go for him. But if you're an Ole Miss fan, you look at the offensive improvements that they have made, and Matt Luke with losing his two top assistants and doing what he did after a yeah. five-win season. We're going to spend a lot of time. We're going to get to Tennessee in a minute here. But Ole Miss, what it's been able to do to put together a top 25 recruiting class, I, I think it's really really impressive and this is essentially Matt Luke's first full cycle I know he took over in July of yeah. 2017 but this is technically the first time where it's really been all his and he's had all the work to do so especially doing that with like I said losing your two top assistants a tip of the cap to the land sharks. well and but him, for him to be able to go out and sign two guys to kind of bolster and strengthen like their like their position in the conference like he signed he signed Rich Rodriguez and that's a good get when you lose a guy who what was the offensive coordinator's name? Why can't I, why, why am I drawing a blank right now? Longo. Longo, yeah. So when you lose him and you're able to sign a former head coach at several spots, especially at premier spots like Michigan, Arizona, stuff like that, and bring him on as an OC, it's a great job by Luke. Um, one thing I don't like, I want to throw this out there because John Reese, I saw, took the same exact picture, is this new uh, thing, I guess, is going to become like a social media trend where I know that, oh, Pastor Patty Sue's beeping in. Um, I know that, uh, what's his name? Jerry Neely is a phenomenal baseball prospect. But the whole Bo Jackson picture with the yeah. shirt off and the and the shoulder pads on and the bat, can we stop it, please? Every time I see that, I think to myself, just like what Michael said to Dwight that one time when Dwight was like, yeah, I hate Andy too. And, and they're like <laughs> looking at Andy through the window. And Michael's just like, just have an original thought. Right, right. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but Ole Miss ends up having a, a, a fantastic Wednesday. Got to feel really good about what the Land Sharks. I, I love that they're going all in with that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, what they've been able to do um, in the last month or so. So, our final winner of the day, a team that really did most of its damage in the last hour as we're recording this, Tennessee. Unbelievable coast to coast job from Jeremy Pruitt to go out to West Virginia and get Darnell Wright, the five star offensive tackle that we long thought was going to be committing to Tennessee, but you know, you never know with some of the, the in-state stuff with when you have a coaching change, something like that. Falls were able to get a commitment from him. Um, that happened right before we started recording. And then uh, Hank, our guy Hank. <laughs> My name's Henry. <laughs> uh, but big day for, for Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah. And this is, if you're a Tennessee fan, this is what you thought you were getting. You, when you brought him from Alabama and you saw the guys that he was able to recruit at Alabama, at Georgia, at Florida State, you thought to yourself, 
at the very least, we are going to be able to recruit some five-star kids to come here. Yeah. And, and sure enough, that is what Jeremy Pruitt's been able to do. The addition of two five-star offensive linemen I, after a year in which you're that bad up front, that's, that's unbelievable. Well, and I brought I brought that up in, in December and the fact that, like, at, if, any, if any team addressed their needs or was addressing their needs better in this conference than Tennessee, then show me. Because, I mean, like, right. when you go out and you talk about how, I mean, just how bad, and we've talked about it ad nauseum, and, again, drawing a blank on this, who was the offensive lineman that was one of the top players, not just Trey Smith, Trey Smith and, and he has this terrible issue and a medical issue where he's not able to, I think, play ever again. It's like a heart condition yeah. that's still kind of working through, I think, what's going to happen with right. that. Right, yeah. but most likely, you know, he, he might not ever be played football again, which is just so incredibly sad, for one. But, two, so unfortunate for a place like Tennessee that, that they desperately need offensive linemen at a time like this. So, Garantano just getting beat up and beat up and beat up throughout the entire season. When you have a guy like that who's one of the top players in the conference already as a sophomore, and then you lose him, for you to, go out be, for you to be able to go out and replace that with two five-stars, two five-stars, in this class that are, I think, top 15 nationally and from uh, from not your own state, that is so huge. Yeah, getting Wanya Morris and, and, and Darnell Wright, two kids that, I mean, let's be honest, they're going to have a chance to play right away. Oh, yeah. I, that's 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 got to be the sell for, for so many of these programs that, yeah, you wonder why would a kid go to a place that just had consecutive seasons missing money. a game when you can go to Alabama and people are, like, trying to put two and two together and it must be money. Well, like, yeah, it actually does matter if you're that talented to, to not have to worry, you know, to, to just to know, hey, if I work my tail off, right, I'm going to be able to play. It's not like I got an All-American sitting ahead of me. And for some kids, that, that's just super appealing. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that rule is, is as old as time. But I think now more than ever in this age of kids wanting to play right away and kids not necessarily wanting to, to stick it out and have to battle. I mean, I'm not going to go all old man here. But Do it. I mean, I think that appeals to a lot of people to be able to say like, hey, we can fill this need immediately, and we can really get this thing going. Yeah. We can kind of be at the center of it. No, I agree. And I, I, I don't think it's something that's – I'm not going to get here on a high horse talk about these millennials and all that kind of stuff or anything like that. But, no, it really is. That's always been a thing. You want to play early. I mean, you've been a premier athlete and, and better than almost everyone around you since you were, what, in grade school. And now you're you have to go like, sit on the bench for a little while at some of these bigger programs. That's a big, huge get for Tennessee. And kind of, you know, getting back to – this is something I brought up to Michael Wayne Bratton on Monday is – I remember in the early 2000s when you're going out and getting guys like Clawson and Jesse Mahalona and these kids from California and, and, you know, the West Coast. And Tennessee was a national brand. And that's what Pruitt is kind of turning this back into. And, again, crossing over the borders. We need walls. We need walls around the SEC states, Connor. Whoa. Whoa. That's a little <laughs> problematic there, big guy. Um, yeah, I, I think Jeremy Pruitt has absolutely crushed it this yeah. offseason. And, and then if you want to go into some of his hires with – Getting Jim Chaney, paying him a lot of money to come on board, take over the offense. Dean Walton. Martin. Yeah, Georgia Dean Wong. And they get the number um, one basketball team in the country. And and, and arguably the the angriest Twitter followers. Go ahead. Did you that Admiral <laughs> Schofield video of him just rocking some of I didn't think it was that great. I thought it was cool, but it was like, dude, Tua plays the ukulele, bro. That's a does smaller he play, that's does a, he, it's it's not it's not does he play an instrument. Does he sing Adele? It's, it's can he sing Adele? Because nobody goes for Adele. Adele is a tough person. No. No. See, the, you, you swing and miss on that. Admiral's like, you know what? I got the confidence to be able to sit here and do that. That's fair. I, I mean, uh, I didn't think I was lacking confidence. I did it. But anyway, go, let's go into losers. <laughs> let's go into the negatives. And like I said, this is just losing for the day. And I'm, and I'm not saying that they're, they're, the class is bad. I'm not saying that this... You know, we're going to look back three years from now and none of these kids are ever going to make it. It's just whether or not the day went as they hoped. That's, Never going to make it. <laughs> I have two. And I know we're going to get crushed on this first one. We've already alluded I don't, to it. Don't say we're. You made this list. I'm going to get crushed for this. Me, Conor O'Gara, the one that is neutral. There you go. Late. Stop dragging me down. Go. All right. Auburn, I think, kind of lost the day. And I understand that... Losing Pickens, it, it, that, that's going to be the big headline. When you have a five-star receiver committed, a guy that's in your own state, and you miss out on him, that hurts. That stings. We know the help that that offense needs. Getting him would have been a big-time get, somebody that you can plug and play immediately, especially after you lose your all-time receptions guy in Ryan Davis. So, like, I, I, I don't want to spend too, too much time talking about that. I think the reaction makes your program look, look ugly. I, I don't think it's the best look to, to have players coming out and tweeting like this and having to worry about, 
I, I'm sure they had their, you know, whether it was media relations or compliance, whoever was taking care of this, being like, hey, you need to delete that tweet. Yeah, hey, it's just that whole Jonah All Jonah bad. Hill uh, gift. Just yeah, like, ah, yeah, let's just knock that let's, off, dude. <laughs> so that that I thought was just not the best look. This also not the best look. Did you see what? Um, so Charles Moore was a, a very nice flip. Or was he considered a flip? Yes, no, he, he was, was. A former Miss. I think he was a former Mississippi State commit who had dropped his commitment and he and he signed with Auburn, but technically not a flip. Right. Uh, on the day, at least. So he had this quote that I don't know. Like this, this, this is one of the stranger signing day quotes that I've ever seen, and. You know, say what you want about like an 18-year-old kid, and like we don't want to look too far into some of these things. Um, but let me let me pull it up right now. <laughs> so, this quote to me was just like totally out of left field. So this is from Tyler Horka. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Uh, this was put out there on Twitter. So Moore says Auburn wasn't the. Pl-. By the way, he's addressing why he didn't pick LSU and why he picked Auburn instead. So he said, "Quote." Auburn wasn't the place initially that I wanted to go to because it's in a secluded country area. I wanted to live a, f- I wanted to live a flamboyant lifestyle. But actually, going to college isn't about that life. When you go to college, that three to four years is set up for you for the rest of your life. If I was to go to LSU, me being the person I am, I probably could have gotten trouble or something could have come up. Things could have just happened. I actually feel like Auburn is where my blessing is. Okay. Charles Moore likes to drink. <laughs> There's one right. side of that. And I don't that's know like if that's true. Really... I'm not really bringing that up. But, like, okay, well, real quick, let me throw this out there. You, you say... say this all the time about LSU, so it's yeah, kind of right no blank. I mean, like, it's, it's a weird response, but at the same time, it's a very self-aware response from Charles it Moore. Is. And so, and I respect, I really respect the fact that he was able to say something like that at, at this young age. What I, I mean, when I was when I was going to college, I, I was never going to get in trouble. Everything was going to be great. I could do whatever I wanted. <laughs> Good for you for knowing that, like, hey, you know what? If I go to someplace like Baton Rouge where, I don't know, they poured Jack Daniels in their, in their Frosted Flakes, I might get into myself in some trouble. What I don't understand out of this is if he was a former Mississippi State commit and he said he wanted to live the flamboyant lifestyle, why in the hell are you going to Starkville, Mississippi, where one of the biggest clubs for nightlife is a Kmart? I mean, I just don't understand what, I mean, what are you going to do, party at the Moon Tower every night? So good for you for going to Auburn. I love, though, I I do as a Bama fan. I just, I'm throwing shade because it's funny, because it's funny. It's not like Bama's this huge metropolis in Tuscaloosa. But for him to say, like, it's more of a secluded country <laughs> country lifestyle. And he so says, there's, there's, <laughs> there's two sides to that. One one is, if you're Gus Malzahn, you're like, great. I get a kid who's mature. He gets it. He's not going to worry about external things. He's going to come here motivated. If you're the Auburn marketing department, yeah. you are not putting that on any sort of tweet no. anytime soon of, oh, yeah, it's got a more <laughs> secluded country here. Come to Auburn. <laughs> one of the greatest places to never get a DUI. I mean, like, what are you saying? Like, I'm just... One of the one of the top three places to maybe not get in trouble at. Yeah, like Auburn. There's, there's a reason. No offense, Iowa State. There's a reason that Ames, Iowa, um, not exactly rolling in the flamboyant lifestyle. No. Um, just just throwing that out there. But um, I, I very very fascinating to see a quote like that. See, I told you we would get good little gems like this. you could get People in trouble like, anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no doubt. <laughs> let, let us tell you, you can get in trouble anywhere. Um, so Auburn don't go to Shreveport. That's what you should have said. Moving on. <laughs> Auburn is technically a loser of the day, although they did get a commitment from running back Mark Anthony Richards. So um, these are Mark Connor's Anthony. words, not mine. I'm going to argue this real quick and just say I don't think Auburn's a loser of the day. I think they had the most to potentially gain for the day. And when you start out your Wednesday National Signing Day morning by losing your highest-rated player that, or your second highest-rated player, that's tough uh, with a five-star receiver. However... I don't think, I mean, they still moved up a spot in the national rankings from 12 to 11. I think sure. they are still, they signed with a great class. And the kid, Mark Anthony Richards, he's a, he's a four-star. Depending on which of the three sites you look at, he's ranked somewhere in the top 250 players in the country. Um, you know, I think, I think he's a, a really good talent. And then you still are able to get a guy like Charles Moore, who is a top 100 player. And, you know, like I said, you're able to move up a spot. And, and, and for Auburn, I hate to say it like this, but Malzahn said it best back in December. The hay was already in the barn for most of those picks. No doubt about it. And 
I'll say this. It was tough coming up with winners, my or with losers, rather. My other loser of the day was Kentucky, and I didn't even feel great about that because I put Kentucky on here just because two of their top targets were Devonta Lee and Jay Ward. Both of them picked LSU, and depending where you look, some's a four, one's a four-star here, one's a four-star there, whatever. They both end up picking LSU, yep. and Kentucky is going to finish outside of the top 30. And I, I, I say that as like a okay, this is what Kentucky is still working against. Yes, Kentucky Dude. was able to win a nice battle. I, they, I think they got a cornerback out of, out of Pennsylvania that was highly coveted. But, you know, you're still working against this. You know, you, you don't have the history of LSU. You don't have the, the tradition of getting guys to the NFL the way that they do. And, and that's that's still the challenge. And after a year in which you win 10 games, you're looking to build all this momentum. Yeah, yeah it's a nice class, but it's not, you know, like – Arkansas just put together a top 25 class after Dude, winning two games. That's exactly. And, so, and there's more talent in that state and around that state. Right. And they have more inroads to Texas and stuff like that. And I'm sorry to get heated. But, man, what does Kentucky have to do? Like, I mean, Kentucky, like you look at Kentucky, and, and the lots are made out of some of the guys like they were able to keep home. Like, they were able to keep home Matt Elam a couple years ago, who's one of my favorite players of all time, because um, he wore number 69, because he was like 400 pounds. Nice. Uh, he put on a full helmet at his signing day <laughs> commitment ceremony. And then... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's still one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But you lose out on guys like Damian Harris, who's the number one running back in the country, ends up going to Bama. And it's, it's again, like, what does a team like this have to do or a program like this have to do when you do win 10 games and you finish out the year by being able to – I know you lose to Tennessee. I know you lose to Georgia and all that kind of stuff. But you have such a great year, probably one of the best they've had in, what, 40 years now. You beat a, a, a blue blood program like Penn State in the New Year's Day Bowl, and then you go into the recruiting recruiting. Uh, part of the year and you sign the the one player the the best highest ranked player you signed in the state of Kentucky is the seventh best overall player and you let the other top six go to Alabama Virginia Tech Purdue Notre Dame Stanford and Nebraska like what do they have to do there it's it's tough and that's just how it's going to be I think for Mark Stoops until they're able to put together a few seasons like this I mean it's just it's always going to be really tough for them to change that yeah. perception, change the national narrative surrounding the program. So, yes, Kentucky technically a loser in my book on the day, not a loser overall. And obviously there are still chances to build um, from what they were able to do. And Mark Stoops is obviously not in need of a ton of four-star athletes to turn that program into a winner. But Don't feel bad, Kentucky. He also had Bama on the loser list, too, before he took it down. Just throwing that out there. Okay, so let's let's talk about that. Actually, you know what? Before we talk about that, tell us about our friends at Texas Peak. I'll tell you what, Connor. Um, first off, I want to thank God uh, for giving me this opportunity and Amen. for this bountiful meal that we're about to have. Um, and, Wait. yeah, well, I mean, I. Um, and let me thank uh, all the support I've gotten throughout this time. Uh, but for the next three to four years, I'm going to be committing to flavor. Boom. Boom. How does that feel? Uh, I'm going to commit to Texas Pete if I'm going to get to anything. And I'm definitely going to be committing to flavor, as should you, with your tailgates, with your failgates, with your nailgates, whatever. You've heard it here before. Make sure you're including at any party or dinner or lunch our fans and friends at Texas Pete. So go to texaspeete.com slash tailgating for some great recipes. Go to texaspeete.com for some, I don't know, swag and, and different products they have coming out. You know they still have that Texas Pete dust. That feel, man. You say that so creepy. so creepily, so creepily. <laughs> I like to think of it like gold dust, the old wrestler. But anyway, make sure you go to Texas Pete. They've got some great products. They actually have a pretty phenomenal um, social media presence too, because it was National uh, Hot Sauce Day a while ago. Regardless, I love them. I know you will as well. For way more than three to four years, you will never enter the transfer portal when it comes to hot sauce with our friends at Texas Pete. There you go. Did you notice too that? Now that's, I don't know when this happened, but it happened sometime in the last few years where now with every single announcement, kids say, I'm going to spend the next three to four years yeah. at. When did that happen? <laughs> I wish they would have done this with me like when I was coming out of high school. I'm going to spend the next five to six years of my life uh, trying to play baseball at Milledgeville, Georgia. Um, yeah, that, that is weird. That is weird. But like, and then some guys, they just like, like Jim Moore was talking about Kavion Thibodeau from, from California, and he was like, yeah, he's going to be great for the next three years for Oregon until he goes pro. I was like, wow, all right. Yeah, let's just throw that out there. Um, yeah, but I, Bama's going to have a lot of guys that are in that position. That's just kind of par for the course. Bama finishes with the number one class, and I'm not I'm not going to hate on that by, by any stretch of the imagination. Hard to do so, Connor. I threw this opinion at, at, at you, and I threw it at our, our boss, C. Wright, our editor, C. Wright, 
And just because I think for the first part of the day, there was a case to be made for it. And that was, I had Alabama as one of the losers of the day. So dumb. Now, I did, not, I did not end up doing that. But just Connor, you deleted it. You deleted it literally, literally as we signed into the Google Doc. No, I because I had him. I had him before you know, in the story that I'm going to do on SDS. If you'd rather go read it over there, I originally had it in that, and then I decided, you know what? I think the day was kind of. There were a lot of big victories. There were some tough, tough losses, and I think Bama ended up kind of somewhere in the middle. So I'll play the devil's advocate here, and you can tell me, you know, why Alabama <laughs> was definitely not a loser, and that why they were more closer to a winner. So. Alabama misses out on on Ely, the talented running back um, that ends up coming to Ole Miss. They they miss out on our guy Hank. Um, they miss oh, out no. on Darnell Wright, who was Darnell Wright. Tackle. What was 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 considering Bama? Was Bama was was, was part of the mix? The, was, okay. Bogle flips for, flips from Bama to Florida. Mm-hmm. That was at the beginning of the day. Pickens, who I wasn't, didn't even have Bama on, among his finalists. I don't believe on the on the final table there. Oh no! Ends up going to Georgia, which is you know the team that Bama's we assume is going to be competing with for for years and years in SEC championships. Right. That's just the way that that it's looking. And they lose Christian Miller, a guy who we thought was going to be ultimately decommitting from Alabama, was a soft commit and ends up committing to Miami. So all that is on the table, but there were good things that happened. So you want me to tell you why you're wrong? This is you. You've built this up in like the most what's the word? Like I don't want to say pathetic. I'll say weak argument about about why Bama lost out. Like the Darnell Wright thing. No offense, and I'm not saying that you're the one that thought of it first, but that's so stupid to say. Like just flat out stupid to say. Like well, Bama missed out on Darnell Wright. Bama was never a player for Darnell Wright. Hardly nobody was. He was he was like in. Since, I don't know, last September, it was a foregone conclusion he was going to Tennessee. And shockingly enough, where does he go? He goes to Tennessee. Um, right, so let's Who, okay, who so did they end up signing? Right okay, hold on. So, let's so take Jerry, right off the no, list. No, let's, let's, well, I'm going to go one by one and tell you why you're wrong. So he loses Jerry and Ely. Jerry and Ely is a phenomenal player. Did they really miss out on Jerry and Ely? Is he probably going to end up going to MLB? Sure, probably so. He's one of three five-star running backs in the country. Oh, guess what? Bama signed the number one running back in the country, Trey Sanders, already on campus. Uh, The Darnell Wright thing. Evan Neal, number one offensive tackle, number seven overall player in the country. Got him. They miss out on Bogle. I understand he's a weak side defensive end, but who do they get? They got Antonio Alfondo, who's a strong side defensive end, and number five overall player in the country. They end up signing... 27 kids and 26 of them are three or four or five stars or better. They, but you're not talking about Wednesday. We're talking about Wednesday here. But, we're just talking but, about Wednesday. But like, we're talking about overall. So they lost. They, you're saying they were losers on Wednesday because they lost players they weren't really in, in contention for? I'm saying that the day could have gone. I think the day could have gone better for, for Alabama. And it, and, it, and it did because what, what I was trying to get you to, to, to set up, and I was teeing you up for this, you didn't want to take it. They end up getting the great news that. One, they get that's the bit, yeah. Ayabi Anoma, Ayabi Anoma is out of the transfer portal. We heard earlier in the week that he was going into the transfer portal. Heard it yesterday, Apparently right? That was only, yeah, so that was like a day. Snip, snap, snip, snap. Well, and the thing is, I, I jokingly said this on, on SDS Twitter. Like that was the biggest. That was bigger than any commit they got today, like metaphorically, because they also took a top fifty defensive tackle who uh, oh, top fifty overall. Yes, top fifty overall. Uh, Ishmael Sofshir. He is six four and a half, three hundred and like thirty five pounds. He's a monster. Had a very difficult time um, putting his visor on. He is is a big head, big body. Hopefully a big five star heart as well. Since Butch Jones is there, no. But I mean, yeah. like keeping somebody like Anoma, that is bigger than anything else that happened today. If if they would have no. lost that, if that would have been. A pretty big issue. But for Saban to be the one to come out on ESPN2 and announce that, I thought showed a better acknowledgement, understanding of where his, um, I guess, like his interaction and communication with players needed to be. Because you saw that last year with Jalen Hurts about the whole transfer rumors, all this other stuff about how he's like, well, no one's even talked to me. Him to be able to talk to this kid in Noma who might have had some people in his ear where he was going to possibly transfer out. Again, Bama fans and, and most football fans are going to say the same kind of like BS, like rhetoric of like we don't need him anyway. We got we got five stars everywhere. We got blah blah blah. That kid Anoma, which is what you just said, yeah. What? No, we have higher ranked recruits than the people you mentioned, and one of them's gonna play major league baseball. So yeah, you're wrong. I'm just gonna throw that out there. But regardless, Anoma was the number four all time 
highest ranked right. recruit at Alabama in the history of the program. That doesn't that you know what will feed into the uh, cliches that I hate. Those kind of players don't grow on trees, Connor. Gosh, that 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 cliche. I'm not. I wasn't I saying. I wasn't being the like the BS rhetoric. I was telling you why you were wrong. Yeah, just no, throw I, that out there. I, I, understand, I understand that. My point, and I, it's still, my, I'm just focused on Wednesday. Like, I, I get all, everything you said. And like I said, Alabama's going to have number one class. It's a historic class, all that stuff. It's just in terms yep. of the way that things went on Wednesday. And they also did get Byron Young to stick with Alabama. We weren't sure necessarily how that was going to shake out, but we find out that he is sticking with the Tide. But the big win of the day in terms of the recruiting stuff and to single out the Sab- what Saban was able to do today um, is the reason that LSU probably didn't make the winner's list, to be 100% honest. The softshirt. Is, is that how you say it? I guess, yeah. Okay. Getting a player like him, who is a stud defensive tackle out of the state of Louisiana, that is the type of player that never leaves the state. Usually never right. leaves the state. And for Saban to go in there and get a player of his caliber, when you consider the need at that position, really along the, in the entire defensive line, if you look at the fact that they lost, I mean, they lost to Ron Payne last year, they're going to lose Quentin Williams this year, and being able to replace your interior defensive line, which is so important for Alabama to be able to do what it does in stopping the run, to add a player of his caliber, important. Yeah. To not have LSU do that as well. It's very, But very it's important. also kind of weird, too, and I, I will admit this. He doesn't really fit our scheme defensively as as well as some players in the past. Like, he's not a Quinton Williams. He, he's, I hate to use this kind of cliche analogy or um, comparison, but he's more of like a, a Terrence Cody type deal that's able to plug the middle because of his big body size. But, I mean, you don't see a lot of guys that are 335 on the D-line um, playing in that system. Right, Quinton Williams was much, much smaller, a little not not your typical, like, you know, what you would think of as this, you know, big overpowering, yeah. like the way that he moved, and he was a little bit slimmer for a guy who could play on the inside so well, and he rushed the passer really, really well from the defensive yeah. tackle position. So, Bama, I think we can pretty much agree the dynasty's dead, right? <laughs> I Honestly, it sits on the way down. <laughs> I mean, Bama's pretty much going to fall off the face of the earth, no doubt about it. Um, so I want to close with We didn't want to be a dynasty anyway, dude. Right. We don't, we don't want that dynasty. We let Clemson have that dynasty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so whatever you're thinking today, if you're a fan of a team that we mentioned is one of the losers, or maybe you didn't even make, you know, like Mizzou's signing day was done at 9 o'clock this morning yeah. where they had everybody, all their targets were, were done. They knew what was going to happen. Whoever you are, be thankful that you're not a Southern Miss fan. Yeah. This it might mean too much. I realize this isn't technically an SEC fan saying something like this, and I guess that's two in a row because if you want to include the Florida State thing, although it was Florida State trying to troll Florida. But so, in case you missed it, Southern Miss coach Jay Hobson, who's a former Ole Miss player, so I guess kind of SEC, he released a statement after his boss, his AD, announced that oh, Southern Miss interviewed Art Bryles. Art, Art Bryles is not going to be hired for our offensive coordinator position. The former Baylor coach, you know what? I know it's been three years, but the AD's like, you know what? We can't do that. We can't do that. So, Hobson then follows up with this statement. I'm going to read it verbatim because it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a Southern Miss coach talking about uh, his boss's decision to not hire Art Bryles as the offensive coordinator. Quote, although I respect the decision of Dr. Rodney Bennett... I disagree with it. I am so grateful for the grace and forgiveness God gives me, which allows me to inherit his kingdom, which I do not deserve. I have interviewed for an assistant position at Southern Miss. I believe he is a man who, uh, I believe he is a man who believes in a second chance. I think he misworded that. Yeah. Uh, He, this is referring to Browse, is a man that seemed sincere and humble in his interview. And personally, he committed no crime. Huh. Wow. He may not have acted in the proper protocol, but that would be my job. Job is in all caps at Southern Miss. He was interviewing for an assistant position. Uh, even thought, I believe, he will be a head coach at a major program in the near future. Even though, whatever. That's he should proofread these yeah. things. Um, however, I believe he is a man who does love the Lord and deserves a second chance. He has been banned from a job in college football for three years and has been punished. I understand both sides have opinions. This is just Connor, mine. let me say it before you do, since you went off on Florida State. Let me get a crack at this one. I'm oh so, so genuinely happy and 
grateful and, and all of those things that, that you love the Lord. I really am. What I also wish you loved was the safety of women on campus, and, and I wish our brows did too. Go ahead. So, yeah. That statement, Coward. If you just, if, if, even if you don't want to dig into, well, I guess you kind of have to. So, if you look at a, a somebody, just just think of the basic principle of saying to your boss, releasing a public statement in which you're saying you disagree with your boss and you are going to take the side of the guy who was responsible for mass sexual assault culture. Culture. During during his time at at a school, and that is the guy that you are going to go to over fifty six counts, and the guy who is responsible for your job and has the authority to hire or fire you, <laughs> you are going to publicly throw him under the bus. Why? In your in your notes app on your phone, <laughs> and you didn't even proofread no. it. No, that's how important it was to you. That's yeah. Oh man, um, maybe never mind. I'm not gonna say what I'm gonna say. That's how desperate Southern Miss is to. I mean, that's why it's it might mean too much because that's how desperate Southern for Miss you to is preface to, to win. It, for you to preface that with, like, for you to pr- like start your intros like first off, like I love the Lord, like yeah, that's great. Has nothing to do, and you sh- you should probably know you should separate those two things of what you're about to say. I have I, I have we know what, we, we we did the rant last yeah, time. Yeah, we can't do I'm, it again. I'm just, y'all can do the rant. Whatever. Well, let's get to some five star reviews. Well, let me let me go on my rant real quick. Here's things I don't want to hear anymore. I don't want to hear my biggest rant of the day was the the constant yeah the I mean kids like this don't grow on trees. Players like this don't grow on trees. Didn't enjoy that. What if they did? What if they did? That, that would be crazy. That'd be awesome. That would be you really just go weird. to a tree and get a player. Yeah. And like, oh, hey, nice. That Ishmael Softshirt <laughs> tree would be very odd. Um, be huge. But also, uh, what I hated the most, the kids, you've got to get better at this. Okay, if you're listening to this podcast, please listen up. I'm not great with words always. I'm not great with grammar always or a lot of things. However, if you are going to commit to, quote, three to four years at a certain school, can you please learn the name of that school, so you don't have yes. to have people say University of Auburn or like I heard today, University of LSU. University of LSU. There's ah. just learn as much as you can about that campus before you say something because it's it's important to that group. It's important to you if it's going to be your school there. I mean, that's that's all I can say. That's fair. You've that you've obviously visited fair. there. You should probably know this by now. Go ahead. Just just know the name of the school. Um, all right, so we got three five star reviews to get to. The first one is from Rake the Jake. This subject line, new five-star. Listening to the latest podcast and heard you guys have not had a recent five-star review, which is a travesty and made me sad. Uh, upside down, frown, frowny face, go dogs. It makes us sad too, so thank you for saying that. But we do have two more, so we we have gotten them recently. So Well, I mean, he started, uh, the, he started the whole thing. What, you want me to get this one? JSAR7313. I really like that you talk all things SC, include all teams. You guys are both funny and keep it light and keep it real. In a world where everyone outside the SC hates, you guys bring in the facts and logic that other conferences don't like to use. Keep it up. I love your podcast. I live in Hawaii and a diehard Gator. Well, let me tell you something, man. If you know any more of them Hawaiian quarterbacks growing on trees out there, you better let us know, J-Star 7313. <laughs> Aloha, J-Star. That's right. I'm not saying if that's hello or goodbye. It's just it's just. Oh, Aloha. man. I'm so excited for you to read this one. <laughs> so this is from South Georgia Boy. I said that right, right? Georgia. ATL Georgia. Georgia. I listen to a lot of podcasts that center around Georgia football and the SEC, but this podcast is by far the best. I like the comedy and sports that this podcast provides. Would have given 69 out of 69 stars. Very nice. Boom. Love it. Appreciate that, guys. ATL Georgia. Thank you very much. If you have not given us a five-star review, please do so. Let us, if, or if you like the Florida you. State rants, if you liked talking about players growing on trees, um, <laughs> I guess that works too. If you if you just want to say the university that you went to and, and properly say it, yeah, and put it in a five star review, we will definitely read that on the next podcast. Um, but yeah, thank you for, for following along. Hopefully, we provided some some insights uh, on all things signing day. Uh, make sure that you are watching Facebook Live. That is Monday night. There will be a special one tomorrow. A recruiting recap. Tomorrow night. Ooh. So there you go. Ooh, so that is Thursday night. Yeah. Yes, Thursday night. Follow us on Instagram. We're going to have tons of post-signing day stuff all over SaturdayNonSouth.com, all over our Twitter feed, and everywhere that you can find us on social media. I want to get a punter. 
on my team like what Miami <laughs> I just did. I, Miami won signing day. Like we, we make jokes about Miami. Um, that, that was my big takeaway from the day. Coach O, take us home. All right, y'all. Have a good day. It might mean too much. <laughs>